Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 86, otherwise known as the Playoff Preview Edition. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary here with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing tonight? Uh, it's still freaking snowing here, buddy. It's been snowing oh, no. all day. I know I, whenever I come on, I'm talking about weather, so I'm just going to say it's snowing all day. And then I'm going to move along to, uh, we talked about my blood work, and it went splendidly. Yes, no passing out from Mitch. Not even close. I made them laugh because I had I brought my bo- bottle of water. I brought a granola bar, like a, a dipped granola bar because I'm an adult and okay. I can buy those on my own now because my parents would never buy those for me. Um, so I had that <laughs> ready to go. Um, and I was all, I, I told them I need to lie down. You need to take the butterfly one. And I was like, okay, okay. They, they commented all of it perfectly well. And then I was, I was sitting there and I was like, hmm. I can feel my head getting warm. Can you, I was telling this to the nurse, can you go in my bag and grab a sock? And she was like, what? No, I'm not grabbing a sock. I was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's an old sock. And she's like, that doesn't make it any better. No, no, (laughs) it's an old sock with a bunch of rice stuff in it that me and my wife put in the freezer. So it's a a cooling pad. You know, like those magic bags you have, you can toss in the microwave. Well, we're we're cheap and uh, we just made one on our own with some old socks. Oh, no, I have one in my house, too. My mom always says, get the hot sock. Like, we put it in the microwave, and then, like, if you have a, an yeah. ache, you put it on that. Yeah, I knew I liked sock. your mom for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So wh- I did that, put it on my head, and they were laughing at me, and I was going, you know what? I'm not passing out. You don't have to deal with that passed out me, so you should be thankful. Did you take my advice? Did you try talking to the nurse and have them talk to you? Did that help? I, I did. She did not want to talk at all. She's very nice. She's very, very nice. It's just she was really kind of concentrated on what she was doing, I guess. Maybe she just wanted to – she thought that I needed reassurance and that the process was going fine. But I always trust that they're doing the right thing. I just need to not be there, I guess. I need the distraction. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. So it went perfectly fine. Uh, it was fantastic. So good on me. What about you? What happened with your day today? Um. Well – I taught the two classes today, and one usually ends up something crazy happens in it, so I I, I dealt with that. Basically, long story short, uh, I was doing this lesson in the radio station where you use this editing software called Vox Pro. It's used to edit phone calls, so I gave one of my students my cell phone and said, call the radio station. I dialed the number, and I was like, all you have to do is hit send when I tell you you're ready, and they somehow called someone else in my contacts. (laughs) And they were very confused when they were when my friend Mike got a call from my number, and the person on the other end was a a girl requesting a song. So he was very confused by that. But did he just start playing day, it from his phone in a confused state? <laughs> I I who knows what he was doing. I had to call him back an hour later and apologize. But yeah, so that's what I was dealing with: is college level students not knowing how to make a. Was he phone call. still recovering from me saying you can eat day old pizza? Like he, he he's different, over that different Mike, <laughs> different Mike. Okay, all right. Yeah, but another debate that we don't nearly have enough time to get into because I go on for hours on that. We got to talk about the New York Islanders and the playoffs. Mitch Anderson, I got my tickets last night. First, for game. sorry, okay, Nikolai Kuluman editions number eighty six. Just got to toss that in. Thank there. you. So sorry, you got your no. tickets last night. I got my tickets last night. Today, I don't know what it was. I was gonna save it for my social segment but i'll come up with something else like everyone is posting fire like hype videos on twitter and i am ready to run through a brick wall right now so i can only imagine what i'm gonna be like tomorrow i am amped and ready to go i'm wired i'm i'm real so on a scale of one to ten are you at like an 11 for like excited for the playoffs yeah i i'm cranked all the way up See, i'm only at an eight and it's pretty high, though. It's high, but it's not nearly 10. It's I'm looking at that brick wall, and I'm saying, nah, I don't think though, that's going to hurt way too much. Uh, but tomorrow, so it's just like when I go on a trip. Like when I went to Russia, it was 
I wasn't excited. And everyone's going, aren't, aren't you like stoked? You're going in like a week. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm excited, but like, you know, not much more than that. It's the day of when I'm like headed to the airport. And I'm like, yes, this is happening, baby. Um, so that's what it's going to be like tomorrow. Uh, I, I wish I could wear my Islanders jersey to work, but I don't think people will. Oh, I am. I 100% am. I, what are they going to do? They're not going to do nothing. Uh, they, my boss is off this week anyway, oh, so. Perfect. I'm going to go in with my Isles jersey. I think I'm going Nick Letty white jersey tomorrow. I have a few options, but I think that's what I'm going with. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to wear one. Just, you know, the office setting is not that I would get severely frowned upon for wearing a New York Islanders jersey to work. If it's the Ottawa Senators, it'd be different because there'd be a bunch of people doing it. Um, but I'll be the only schmuck wearing that in the office <laughs> for miles. So, like, yeah. But yeah, they're in. So what do we want? How do we want to talk about this playoffs? Because there's a lot to go in. What do we want to? How do we want to frame this? All right. So let's do this episode. Is mostly going to be a series preview, which I think makes the most sense because the season, the series rather, is starting tomorrow with Game One. So what I want to do first is break down the rosters of each team. And I'm not saying go through each and every player and talk about it. What I mean is you take both teams' forwards group, both teams' defensive group, and both teams' goalies. And you compare and contrast and say who has the edge in each one. So with that, let's start things off with the forward group, Mitch. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I was I was confident that the, the matchups would be good, and, and maybe this isn't fair because what's uh, leading me the other way? Obviously, they have that quality down the middle of Crosby, Malkin, uh, and then you toss in a Jake Gensel and a Phil Kessel out there, and uh, that looks rough. But it's just when you look at so if you're on DailyFaceOff.com. And you're looking at the line combinations. The Penguins have the number five first line, the number five second line, the number three third line, and the number eight fourth line in the NHL. And that's obviously not a law, not based off of any sort of objective metrics, or it is based on objective metrics like Corsi and all that, expected goals for, and so on and so forth. Whereas the Islanders have the 21st best first line, the 26th best second line, the 21st best third line, and the 15th best fourth line, which is strange. Yeah, like I don't agree with all of their rankings, but I understand the point that they're trying to make. Obviously, with any line with Crosby and Gensel on it is phenomenal. That is a very scary top line to go up against that. And then moving on past that, I mean, lines one through three are all really solid. Malkin and Hornquist is a really nice secondary Group and then on the third line, Bujestad and Kessel on the third line. Like, come on, how deep is this team? They are they are quite deep. Uh, they are quite deep. Uh, I, I for me, it's it's Jake Gensel on that first line. Like, I don't necessarily worry too much about Jake Gensel in the regular season. Uh, sure enough, he put up seventy six points this year. He's good. He is good. It's in the playoffs, man, where he's putting up forty two points in his thir- like thirty seven NHL playoff games, which is 16, 17, 17, 18. Last two years, 42 points, 23 goals in 37 games. Jake Gensel in the playoffs is uh, scary. That's the thing, too, because obviously everyone's going to focus on Crosby and Malkin, and I'm sure in the series they'll get their fair share of opportunities. But I think it's the secondary guys that are going to set this team apart. For part, for instance, Bugistad, Kessel, Hornquist, and Gensel. Those four, I think, are going to be difference makers in this series. So that was the big thing for the Penguins. And I know we're, 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 we're dealing with the Penguins first, but I think that we're going to talk them up now and then break them down when we talk about the Islanders. Um, that third line, th- that's been the strength for the Penguins, what, two years ago when they won the Cup, right? It was the HBK line. Was that two years ago or yeah. three years ago? The uh, first or second three one? Three years ago. Right. The first one. So yeah. that was what? Hornquist, HBK. Who is the B? Benino, Benino. Benino. And Kessel. And Kessel. Um, that, that won them the playoffs. The playoffs, not just a series. The playoffs. They rode that thing into the sunset, even though Sidney Crosby won the Consmite for no particular reason what's I'm a Canadian and I'm still mad about that I think Kessel should have won that con smite but that's just mm-hmm. me no I'm with you um so yeah you look at that forward group and you go wolf that is that looks tough but then you have like guys like Brian Rust on the top line like with all due respect to Brian Rust he's not he's not scaring me you know I'm not metal and worried about oxidation uh so he's not scaring me one little bit I thought that would register a little bit more uh he's got 35 points on the season not really scary. That that's a a, a, no. a heavier boat, right? Like a, a better boat this year. Yeah, and 
That's a, probably a good comparison is Anthony Bovillier because he played a majority with Matt Barzell and didn't put up a ton of points. It, it was kind of like Bo of last year, yeah. I guess, yeah. right? That's probably a better comparison. Sure, yeah. Uh, and then on that second line, yeah, on the second line, you have Jared McCann. Like, Jared McCann, wolf, does not scare me one bit, Jeremy no. McCann does. No, he doesn't. Uh, which which is fine. Like, there's always going to be a weakest link. Like, for the Islanders, it's Bovillia, like we just talked about. But McCann, again, 35 points this year. Of course, he didn't spend the entire year with Pittsburgh. He has 17 points in 32 games with them, though. So, he's a half-point player type of guy. Um I'm not too scared about them. So they have, they have their weaknesses in terms of the forward group, but obviously when you look and you just compare them to the Islanders, you go advantage to uh, Pittsburgh for sure, right? Oh, yeah, of course. And it's not to say the Islanders don't have nice pieces of the forwards group, which I think we could talk about them a little bit now. Obviously, Matt Barzal and Brock Nelson as your one and two center, pretty solid. And it's not Crosby and Malkin. That's probably the best one-two punch in the league. But it's a very, very solid one, too. You can get by with that. And to me, I think this guy is going to be a huge difference maker in the playoffs. Valtteri Filpula. The guy has played a ton of playoff hockey in his career, and he is over a half a point per game player in the NHL playoffs. The last time he was in the playoffs, which was last year with the Flyers, he had three points in six games. I think he has a pretty nice series. I think he'll have an okay series. I'm I'm really looking forward to Casey Zizekas because that man's going to match up against Sidney Crosby not the entire time but a lot of the time it was gonna it's gonna be him and Brock Nelson right flipping between one and the yeah. other and man I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they can they can jam him up defensively because that's gonna that's gonna be the role and then the other guys are gonna pick it up so maybe like you're saying. Philpola picks up a little bit of that scoring like we've seen recently, right? Those two goals against the Washington Capitals. Oh boy, give me some more of that against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But when you look at those rankings and you're like, okay, that first line looks okay. The second line, Bailey, Nelson, that looks fine. Kuhnhockle, whoa, that drops off a cliff fast. No, it, it, it does. And then we'll, we'll get to him a little bit later. Yeah, we're going to do a Kuhnhockle versus Michael Dalcole in a little bit, but... We'll keep on rolling. And then we got Bo, Phil Komarov. Again, not strong. But then you have Martin Sizikas, Clutterbuck. And that fourth line is going to be huge for the Islanders. Yeah. Like, if you compare the lines, I think one, two, and three, the Penguins have the better. Yeah. But the Islanders' fourth line, to me, is much better than the Penguins' fourth line. Right. And we also have to consider, like, these lines aren't going head-to-head necessarily. It's not like Crosby oh, no, is yeah. countered with Barzell. No, it's Crosby, like we said, countered with Nelson and maybe Sizikas. Uh, and then probably Philpola against uh, what you would call Malkin, Malkin. And maybe even Barzal against Malkin, right? Because those, those two wingers, Hornquist and McCann, I'm like, ah, no, I'm not so keen on them. But Malkin is such a beast that you might want to not protect Barzal, but who knows, right? Like it, he could probably hold on his own. He's got wingers like Lee and Eberle next to him. Like they could do a job defensively. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm not, there's no one that I'm really like super worried about. On the Islanders forward group, it's like, oh, well, they won't be able to handle it. Maybe, honestly, if I had to pick one guy that I'm most worried about, it's probably Anthony Bovillier. Yeah, but I think I like him in that third line role where it's not, he's going to fit in where they need him and when they need him. And it's not going to be, I rely on you to shut down these guys. And and maybe at a certain point, he's going to have to because he's obviously playing against someone. Um, but yeah. it, it's that's not going to be his role. His role is going to be step in, give me something here. I need you to push the puck forward. I need you to go and do this uh, small, manageable tasks rather than I need you to shut down the second best player in the world. Cases Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, I. It's going to be a very, very tough task, obviously. But for the forwards, I think we could both come to the agreement that we'd give the edge to Pittsburgh when talking forwards. Correct? True. But then again, we do have Tom Kunak, who has two Stanley Cup rings with those very same Pittsburgh Penguins. So he, maybe he's going to be like, yo, Barry, they like to do this. Oh, word? That's how I imagine the dialogue goes between them. It's very, uh, very millennial. I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> I approve. As a millennial on the show, I approve. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Advantage to Pittsburgh in terms of the uh, the forward core. What about the defensive okay. core? Okay, so let's talk about Pittsburgh. Their pairs are Mata Latang as their number one, Johnson and Schultz as their number two, Peterson and Goodbranson as their third. 
Woof. Even then, that second pairing. I like Schultz. Me, no likey Jack Johnson. Yeah. Um, they have three defensemen that I like. Mata, Latang and Schultz, to me, are average to slightly above average. Sure. And Johnson, Peterson, and Goodbranson are very eh to me. Right. So when we, again, compare, not compare, but just bring up the daily face-off um, rankings here, they have uh, the Penguins' first defensive pair as the ninth overall. And that that's weighed heavily because of Chris Letang. They have the f- as the number one ranked right D in terms of first pairing defensemen. Uh, is Brent Burns a left-hander? Is, I, I, no. No? So, like, I don't know why he's the first. Brett Burns has 83 points this year. Um, that's insane. But whatever. And then they're 20th ranked second pairing, and they have the 18th ranked third pairing. So not terrible. But when you look at these guys, like like you said, Johnson, Peterson, Goodbranson, there's a clear drop here. There's a, a, a clear weak link here. Uh, and, and, and a lot of people will say, well, Goodbranson, you know, was a high draft pick. Wasn't he like third or something overall? He was pretty high, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's got some quality in terms of being able to use his huge body because I think he's, what, 6'5", 230? He's a big dude. He's. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Right, and, and that really helps when you're in the juniors, right? Because big bodies put up big damage. Yeah, he was third overall from Florida in the 2010 draft. Right, 2010. That's not so long ago. Um, so he's not very old, right? He's 20... 27. Just turning 27, yeah. Um, but still, he's not He's not a skater. He's like a Hal Gillian type of guy, except that the, the game these years are now isn't played or isn't suitable for Hal Gillian type of players. It's just stay-at-home no. defensemen don't, don't exist for a reason anymore. Yeah, that's what that's the perfect way to describe it. He is your prototypical stay-at-home defenseman, which if you're going to get by with one, him being on your third pair and likely your sixth defenseman, that's okay. But for me, for this Penguins decor, Latang is definitely up there. Mata, I think, is fine to be paired with him. Like we said, Schultz, we both like. I, I put them middle of the pack defensively. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're strong, and I wouldn't say they're very weak but I, I would not call them yeah I wouldn't call them strong let's just go with that and then when we look at the Islanders they have the 21st ranked first pair so that's just you know that's a gulf between Latang and Mata but that's what happens when you have Johnny Boychuk up there I love Boychuk I love him but they're not going to rank him number four they're not going to rank him number five they haven't ranked number 48th right-handed defenseman so <laughs> there's a reason yeah um then their set the Islanders' second pair is 18th overall in terms of the uh, de- second defensive pairings, and for some reason they have Ryan Pulak as the 54th right-handed defenseman, and Adam Pellick as the 43rd left-handed defenseman. I don't think these were updated during this season. Okay, you think they're just opening day? I because I, well, no, not the line, the the rankings. I'm talking right. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. You might be right there because it doesn't make any sense for this still to be the same thing. But let's even assume that they're opening day and they're not. Let's just say that they're not too far off. But then the Islanders have the third overall uh, third pairing, like the number three third pairing in the NHL. So I would assume that this is updated because they they consider Devin Taves. Devin Taves and Scott Mayfield. So Devin Taves is the 23rd ranked left-handed defenseman for third pairings. That's pretty good. Interesting. Uh, and, and so yeah. I would give the advantage to the Islanders here in terms of defensive pairings. Yeah, I agree. I give the Islanders the edge for defensive pairings. Um, they don't have that one guy like Latang, but I think from top to bottom, they have the better pieces. Absolutely. And, and they fit. I feel like they mesh better. Maybe it's because I don't watch the Pittsburgh Penguins enough. And so I hold my hand up to all the Pittsburgh Penguins fans who might be tuning in because they're trying to consume any and all playoff uh, content. Uh, if so, stick along. We'd love to have you. Um, but I, I really give the edge to the Islanders. Sure enough, the Pittsburgh Penguins have that one, you know, quote-unquote horse defensively in Chris Letang. But the Islanders have one developing in Ryan Pulak. And they have better yeah. pieces around him than the Pittsburgh Penguins do. Again, they don't have a good Branson out on, on, on the right, 
on the third pair. They got a big guy, but Scott Mayfield can skate, and Scott Mayfield can push the puck forward. He's not a stay-at-home defenseman. He's got the body for one, but he doesn't use it like that. No, yeah. If anyone, probably Boychuk is the most like a stay-at-home defenseman, no? Out of this group? You're probably right, yeah. I just mean like... But even he has a hard shot. Yeah, but he's also pushing... He's always trying to push the puck forward, right? He's more mobile Mm -hmm. than... Like, Hal Gill's thing is that he couldn't skate very well. He was great Mm -hmm. in front of the net because he would shove you out of there and you're not getting anywhere near it. Uh, And Scott Mayfield can do that, and so could Johnny Boychuk. Oh, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But they don't... That's that's not their... What makes them stand out because you can see Scott Mayfield push the puck forward. Johnny Boychuk won't find himself below the goal line very often. But Scott Mayfield will. Eric Goodbranson will not be up there. So that's a huge difference in favor of the Islanders in terms of just the defense. Yeah, but overall, I'm right there with you. I agree. I think it's the Islanders with the edge over Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't think it's like a a crazy edge, but I think it's comfortably with the Islanders. Well, let's say you put uh, Pittsburgh... 17th ranked defensive core, maybe Islanders 14, 13. But when you look at defensive core, what's your judgment there? Would it be um, the goals against? That's part of it, I guess. So let's let's see what their goals against are. Because we know that the Islanders are the best. And I know that, that, that has that's a huge factor in terms of goaltending, but we'll get to that. We'll we'll use this to, to leapfrog over. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I, I may have missed them, are 14th in the league in terms of goals against mm-hmm. with 241. So, like, they let in goals. They let in goals. That defense clearly isn't good at, at keeping pucks away from the net. So I, I They're about average. Yeah. So that's exactly what you said before I even brought this up. So you're, I think you're absolutely right, clearly, because this is what it's saying here. Um, but I fancy us to win the defensive matchup. You think so? I think so. When we're just comparing, sorry, I should make that clear. When we're comparing defense to defense. Gotcha. Okay. I misunderstood what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, sorry. Gotcha. I, I think that the way that that came out is like, we're going to score more goals than them. Like, well, that usually means we win. <laughs> That's right. Um, how about let's do some goalie talk now. So, like we mentioned, forward group goes to Pittsburgh. Defensive group goes to the Islanders. As for the goalies, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have Matt Murray. He was 29, 14, and 6 with a 2.69 goals against average and a 9.19 save percentage. Their backup, Casey DeSmith, was 15, 11, and 5, 2.75 goals against average, 9.16 save percentage. So they're both letting in more than, you know, on average, more than two and a half goals. So, you know, trending towards three. Um, that, that's that's a mighty fine. What was Casey DeSmith's save percentage? Nine sixteen, you said. Yeah, and the other one was nine nineteen, right? Nine nineteen, which nine sixteen for a backup is you live with that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That that's probably going to be maybe a little bit below average, if not right at the average for the league. Um, mm. so th- those are good numbers again because the Pittsburgh Penguins are a good team. Let's not get this you know mixed up with anything. The Pittsburgh Penguins are good, uh, and, and their goaltending is also good. Matt Murray has two Stanley Cup rings. So, for he, a reason. He does, and he's still, what, only 25, maybe? <laughs> Is he even that old? Like, he can't even be that old. He's so he's such a pup, but maybe. You know, goaltender's coming young. Um, But, so, I still give the edge to the Islanders. Well, I, I still. I make it sound like that's some sort of debate. I don't think it's even debatable that the Islanders have the edge in terms of goaltending, right? With Robin Leonard and his... Was it two eighteen goals against average and a nine thirty save percentage? Correct. And then you have Thomas Grice at a two twenty six goals against average and a nine twenty seven. Seven. Oh my god. Nine twenty seven. When you compare the two goalies versus their two goalies, you absolutely give the edge to the Islanders, no doubt about it. When it's just looking at Matt Murray. I think he is a pretty good goalie in this league. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's like elite, like a top five, or maybe even not a top ten. But I think he is a pretty good, like I said, pretty good to very good goalie. And th- obviously, I was going to say you could win with him because they already have. But he's someone that you can ride in the playoffs and start him 60-plus games a year. 
I just think like when you look at it this year, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace have both put up better numbers than him. And I, I think if you're looking at it for this year, the advantage is clearly the Islanders. Yeah, and not so much as like even just one to one. When if you assume but you can assume either one is a starter, right? Like and they, they are because they've played pretty oh, sure. fairly the same amount. I think Leonard has one or two games more than Grice does. Um played. But when you look at if even if you just compare Matt Murray to Robin Leonard, Robin Leonard wins. Matt Murray to Thomas Grice, Thomas Grice wins. That that's just yeah. how it rolls for me. And that's that's what you want going into the playoffs. And it's no disrespect to Casey DeSmith, as we just said, who had good numbers. But Yeah, fine for a backup. Fine for a backup. A nine sixteen versus a nine twenty seven is your quote unquote backup. If one of them poops the bed on game number one and lets in four goals, you can put in the next guy and be like this, we can ride this guy just as much as we rode. The, we wanted to ride the first guy. No problems. Yeah. We're good to go. What you got, Pittsburgh? You put four against us today. All right, that's fine. It's a long series, buddies. Like, let's say this. Obviously, we're not wishing for this to happen, but this is just a hypothetical. Let's say in game one, both Matt Murray and Robin Leonard go down. Who are you more confident in, Thomas Grice or Casey Desmond? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or flip it, and it's, you know, Thomas Grice in nets who goes out. Don't want that to happen. Why any stretch? But assume that happens. Yeah, you're like I'll t- I'll take Robin Leonard over Casey DeSmith or Thomas Grice any day, any day, every day. Yeah, of course. So Islanders get the edge there. So that's a pretty good description of what we're looking at forwards, defense, and goalies wise. Would you like to talk about a potential lineup conversation that we can get into? Okay, you mean like starting lineup? Yes, a forward group lineup. Okay. So what what do you mean? Like just pick like the top four lines? I've forgot that you don't have the running order with you with you, so I was supposed to, I was trying to do a transition oh, because gotcha. yes. we can get into Michael Del Cole versus Tom Kunakel because yesterday in practice both guys were taking rushes on that second line, rotating in and out. So it seems like it is up for grabs, even though today it appeared like Kunakel was getting more of the advantages. So I guess what what are your thoughts on them leaning towards Kunakel, and do you think Dal Cole should get more of a look? So does it surprise you that they're leaning towards Tom Kunakel? 100% absolutely not. Yeah, he's pulling the Patrick Wagle. Sorry, I couldn't hear you because I got two Stanley Cup rings in my ear. Oh, no. Um, sorry, I should do that with a French accent. Sorry, Le, I, I had two Stanley Cup rings in my ears, and so I didn't hear you, Le. Um That was pretty like right on, actually, if you listen to the video, uh, without the Le's. <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they put him. And it's going to be the same thing. He's got veteran leadership. He's got character. He played well with the group. He played well when they we, we played against Washington. He knows this team very well. He's going to be up for it. So yeah, oh, sorry, we're, I'm going to play the vet over the, the rookie. That's just how it goes. Do I think Dal Cole should play? Yes, because I think Dal Cole gives you more than Tom Kunakel does. Okay. Minus two rings, obviously. I agree with you. I am, like I said, I am not surprised that Tom Kunakel is being favored. That's exactly what we saw all year long. I want to bring up this number because I think when looking at the forward group, like we mentioned already, the Penguins have the advantage in terms of firepower. Yeah. So I want to look at this stat SCF percentage or scoring chances for okay. percentage. Yep. The line combination of Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, and Tom Kunakel produce a 53.85 SCF percentage. Okay. Now, if you swap out Kunakel for Michael Dalcole, the Bailey Nelson Dalcole is 63.41. Wow. That's 10% higher. And while I will agree that Michael Dalcole is not as good defensively and isn't as good on the penalty kill as someone like Tom Kunakel is, but I would argue that you have Valtteri Filippula, Leo Komarov, Casey Zekas, Kyle Clutterbuck, and even Brock Nelson, who could be just fine on the penalty kill. Yeah, that's not too bad. I I I, I prefer Michael Dalcole. He just gives you more. Like I, I know Tom Kunakel's got a little bit of wheels, and yes, he's been in the playoffs before. But to me, that's that that's fine. That's great. He he's done it before. He won't necessarily doesn't mean he will do it again or is doing well right now. I just think that you have a higher upside with Michael Del Cole than you do with Tom Kunakel. 
Right, and I think that Kunakal, if, like, let's say there was an injury to someone on the fourth line, then I'd be 100% comfortable with taking Kunakal off the scratch pad and then plugging him in on the fourth line. That's completely okay, but playing 15 minutes a night with Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson, I don't know how confident I am in that. Yeah, I don't feel great about that either. I really, really don't. Um, But I have to make peace with it because that's what Barry Trotz is going to do. And that's what we knew Barry Trotz was going to do from day one. Right? Like, it it doesn't, like you said, doesn't surprise us one bit that he's going to play Tom Kunakle over Michael Dacol. And if something doesn't go well, then he'll put in Michael Dacol. He'll think about it. But, which is unfortunate. I, I, I understand it. I don't like it, but I understand it. Yeah, that's the thing. I I understand. I was going to say I get, but that kind of ensues that I agree with it. I understand the logic that he is going with. I would just prefer in this instance, and we're talking about the second line, the player with the more offensive upside, especially since you're going up against a team with such firepower on offense. Yeah, you got to take whatever advantage you can get it, or try to bridge the gap between the two as much as you can. And if you're getting let's say two more percentage points or you're 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 stepping two steps closer towards where Pittsburgh is offensively with Michael Dalcold than you are with Tom Kunakel, then you do that all day. I just don't see uh, Barry Trotz looking at it that way because he's probably saying, yes, I can get more offense from him, but I can get more defense from Kunakel. And so to me, that's worth more, me being Barry Trotz in this situation. Because mm-hmm. I'll get my offense and from someone else. I would like to know who. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this offense wasn't good for the last month of the year. No, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who. Um, and I think that's where we, we start talking about our five more important players. Um I, I did have the running order. I just did, didn't look at it when you brought it up. Um, but I, I, th- I think he's just looking for that. Giving him a guy who's been there before to calm everyone down on game number one. Um, get the jitters out. Uh, one less guy he's got to worry about, essentially. I think that's really the only thing he's thinking of. There we go. So with that, do you want to get into who our five most important Islanders are? Let's do that. Okay. So my first is going to be the starting goalie, Robin Leonard. It is largely on his shoulders. The last time the Islanders played the Penguins in the playoffs in 2013, the Islanders probably would have won the series if they had a good goalie because they pushed them to eight, uh, eight games. They, as the eight seam seed, they pushed the one seed to six games and lost in overtime twice. Yeah. And their goalie play was absolutely atrocious. So if Robin Leonard was on that team this year, they, I mean, they obviously win that series, I think. Um, but th- this year, when you when you consider stopping that forward group that we talked about, it starts with Robin Leonard. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Obviously. Are we sure he's starting Leonard? Did he say he being uh, Barry Trotz saying that he's starting Robin Leonard? I I don't imagine I, he he would. I don't think he said it, but I am making the assumption, so I will say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he even told Arthur Staple, just don't ask me about goalies because I'm, I'm just not going to tell you anything. He didn't say just to Staple, he said it to everyone. Um, yeah, in those playoffs, in those six games, Nabokov was a 4-4-4 goals against average and an 842. Ooh. Yeah, that's disgusting. His career average in the playoffs is a 908, 243. So, yeesh. But then again, he was 37. So, yeah, he was well past his prime. Yeah, well past his prime. Um, my first star is Casey Sezikis. I mentioned it before. He's going to be lined up against um, Sidney Crosby. That's going to happen. We already know that. And it's not going to be every time Sidney Crosby's out there uh, that Casey Sezikis is going to be out there. Casey Sezikis will not end up with 25 minutes of ice time. And if he did, the Penguins would be drooling at the mouth. They would love nothing more than that for the, than for that to happen. Oh, of course. But Sezikis will be out there for, let's say, two-thirds, maybe even half of Sidney Crosby's shifts. Uh, and then someone else would get the other half, like Brock Nelson, and then break down from there on in when, when line changes don't go their way type thing. Uh, and so I think he's going to be instrumental to the Islanders in, in shutting him down as much as he can and generating some offense on his own, on his own which is going to be a tall task because, again, Sidney Crosby is the, like the second best player in the league. Uh, 
right? You got McDavid, Crosby. After that, it's it's a, a, you know maybe Kucherov. You can argue this year Kucherov is better than Crosby, but like I guess yeah. But Crosby's got you know twelve hundred points in nine hundred games, uh, and a plethora of awards. Like he's got an awards chest larger than a kid playing so- minor league softball. <laughs> Six hundred point seasons too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, including this one, flat one hundred. God. Um, so yeah, Casey Zegas is going to be, to me, my most important player for the Islanders. After that, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm going Casey Zegas as well. In addition to what you, all, everything you just said, he has had a knack for scoring really clutch goals mm-hmm. this year, and he scored some pretty clutch goals in that series against the Penguins too, if I'm not mistaken, and throughout the Islanders' playoff history. So I am going to say Sezikis because they're going to need him and the secondary scoring to be a big part of the reason why they win this series, if they do, in fact, win. Right. In 12-13, uh, he scored four points in six games. So, yes, he was pretty good in that series. Yes, he was very good in that uh, He only has eight points across 24 uh, postseason games. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you with Casey Sezikis on the second star. I'm giving it to Matthew, or sorry, second star, second most important player. I'm giving it to Matthew Barzal. Um, okay. Because in the playoffs, the more import, most important players have to show up. And Matthew Barzal is the Islanders' most important player simply because he is their best player. Offense goes through him because of his ability to open up play and, and find teammates when they can find a spot. Um, so it... Their, whatever offense they can generate is not going to be solely going through him, but it's going to be focused through him. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that that's he's going to be invaluable to the Islanders I, for for good reason. Like he's their best player, so it was an easy second star for me. Uh my third most important Islander. I'm going to give to. I think this is going to surprise you, Valtteri Fokula. Oh, I thought you were going Brock Nelson. No, really, Valtteri. Yes, he just came back from injury. He was brought in here to win faceoffs and be a good, solid third-line center. And he has definitely been a solid third-line center. Again, I'm going to go to the depth scoring because that has what got the Islanders here so far this year. That When they were at their best, it was because the fourth and third lines were playing very, very good. I think Valtteri Filippo is going to have a big series. Hmm. So did he go out an injury because he had a telescope or periscope installed? Telescope. A periscope installed on his back or something? Because he's a submarine. Because he's a submarine. Ain't no one seeing him out there. He's a stealth submarine or something like that. I wish he would have said a stealth bomber instead of a submarine. It just makes more sense. He's stealth and no one can but that's see what him. Makes, that's what makes Butchie the best. That's true. Yeah, the, those stories, man. <laughs> this is a submarine. Anyways, my third most important player is going to be Robin Leonard for all the reasons you mentioned. He's likely going to be the starter, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be in the net for 60 minutes. We already know that. Uh, but I, what am I trying to say here? Is that <sighs> he's meant so much to the Islanders already in terms of being that that stabilizing figure at the back of the at, at the back. Um, they're going to get shots. The Pittsburgh Penguins love to shoot. Well, everyone does. It's just the Pittsburgh Penguins are good at generating those shots, and they're going to need him to do that. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are really good at the power play, and the Islanders are okay at the penalty kill, but they're going to need to rely on their special teams, and there's nobody that's more important on the special teams, specifically the penalty kill, than the goalie. Uh, so, like, man, Robin Leonard's really got to put up a performance, and he, they're going to be looking at him to say, you got to continue what you were doing this year. And, of course, he's going to say, no prob, Bob, I can do that. I certainly hope so. Yes. Now for my fourth most important Islander, I'm going to go Matthew Barzal. Like you said, he is probably the best player on the team. He's got to show up in the big spot. He has shown in the past that he does have a knack for the big stage so I'm hoping that he takes this opportunity and runs with it and proves that he is the best player on this team and a trending star yeah first first taste of the playoffs right so that's always huge uh, I'm going with Brock Nelson okay he's important to Barry Trotz he's typically the leader in ice time when it comes to forwards although Cal Clutterbuck has inexplicably taken that mantle for some reason for the last couple of games, like, yeah. I know he plays on the power play, although he shouldn't. I know he plays on the penalty kill, and he should. 
Um, and he obviously plays five on five time, but there's no reason for him to be the leading time getter. He shouldn't be getting the most ice time on this team. He should not reduce that five on five time. Just saying, but that shows you how heavily uh, Barry Trotz relies on that fourth line that we spoke about earlier. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Brock Nelson because of his two-way play. And that's huge in the playoffs. Huge. Being able to play defensively mm-hmm. and moving the puck forward offensively. Um, also, like we said, he's probably going to match up against uh, Sidney Crosby, at least for a significant portion of the, of the series. And if not Sidney Crosby, then if Evgeny Malkin. And if he does Malkin, then it's going to be a one-to-one. Uh, and that's going to be tough for him. Uh, but I, I think that that's going to be huge for the Islanders to be able to negate anything that comes comes out of that second line. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't realize why I can't like talk right now. Got an air bubble or something. There we go. You good? I'm good. I'm alive. I'll be fine. Okay. I'm glad. I know it was, it was a stressful day for you. So with that, I will get to my fifth most important Islander, and I'm going to go defense, Ryan Pulak. He is the best defender on the New York Islanders. It's his time to step up in the playoffs in a huge spot and show that he's able to play 20-plus minutes a night and play well against a very good offensive team. I'm right with you there. Ryan Pulak was my fifth star. I probably should have bumped him up a little bit more, but he, he, like you said, he plays all those minutes. He's trusted by Barry Trotz in all situations to do anything and everything. Uh, he's their number one D-man. Uh, yeah, fifth, fifth most important player is Ryan Pulak. No questions asked. Okay, very cool. And with that, the last and final portion of the preview Serious predictions. All right. How brave are you willing? How brave are you going to go on this one? Are you going to push to be like, I think it's going to be a coin flip in seven? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the same prediction that I've given on all the patron shows. But since we are doing this for the main show, it's the first time that we are dropping the official prediction on the main show. And I will go Isles and six. Ooh, six. Okay. I'm going for the gentleman's sweep. For the Islanders. Five games for the Islanders. I just, yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins have more offense, but defense wins championships. And the Islanders have a better defense. They have better goaltending. Um, I just I just like the Islanders better. Now, if the Pittsburgh Penguins can get under the Islanders' skin, that's another story. The Islanders are going to have to stay disciplined because you know, you know Sidney Crosby is going to be in the ref's ear all series long. All series long. Of course. They can't let that get to them. So with that, that's our predictions on the series. But I had a couple of more questions for you on predictions-wise. Okay. So you said they are winning in five. Yeah. Which game do they lose? They're going to lose their second home game. The Islanders. Yes, game two. Sorry. Okay. I have the Islanders losing... Game three and game five. Okay. That's all right. So they go up 2-0, then 2-1, then 3-1, then 3-2, and then win in game six. I don't care. I don't care if I'm wrong as long as they win. I don't care if it goes to seven so long as the Islanders win. That's all I care about. And then one more for you because we like to get a little gimmicky. Okay. Who has the most goals in the series? Which player has the most goals in the series? For the Islanders or for any any team? We'll do okay. We'll do Islanders and Penguins. So Penguins, Jake Gensel. Uh, for the Islanders, I'm going to say. Oh man, I'm going to say, Anders Lee. Who do you have? I'm going to go. Dude. Kessel and Philpula, both with three. With three. Okay, yeah, you're only going six games, so yeah. All right, I'm not going to give a number because I, I don't want to go that far. That's that's too crazy for me. That's fine. I'm living on the edge, baby. <laughs> oh, boy, aren't you? All right, so let's put a bow on this thing with the social segment. Mitch, anything you want to talk about for the social segment? Um, The NFL, or the NFL, the NHL draft, that's more important to us, Um, just took place before we hit the record button, and the New Jersey Devils won. They moved up two spots, and they won the rights to uh, draft Jack Hughes. Potentially. They don't have to take him, but I would assume they do. 
Um, why wouldn't they take another center? And then the New York Rangers won the second overall. They moved up four spots. Great. So they're going to take potentially Capo Caco. So get ready for that one. Uh, f- That's a tough name to four say. Four to five times a year. And then third went to uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So suck at Colorado, or more specifically, suck at Ottawa, I guess. You're so terrible, yeah. you still didn't win the draft. Well, they don't have their own pick, so I guess they're happy that they didn't win. I guess, but Colorado still gets a fourth overall. Like, that's... I would take that. That's Colorado. They're probably like, I don't care. I don't care what we got. This is gravy for us. They have two picks in in the top 16. So they could very well end up with Bowen Byram, a six-foot defenseman out of Vancouver, and Cole Caulfield, according to Tankathon. Interesting. So that's huge. So good on good on those teams, good on two metropolitan division teams and very local rivals, uh, metropolitan division and what would you call them like NYC teams, city ro- crosstown rivals, crosstown rivals. There you go. Yeah. So that really sucks. <laughs> but you know whatever. Yeah, Maybe these guys annoying. are both busts. <laughs> that was me to do double thumbs up that they're both busts. Maybe they'll be like... Uh, Nail Yakupov. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. Perfect. I don't imagine so, but you, know, you never know. You never know. Um, what I want to talk about for the social segment was this video that was going around. Um, I already mentioned the hype videos, but this one got me hyped in another way. It was Barry Trotz talking to the media, and he was talking about the Islanders-Capitals playoff series. And when they were getting ready before game three, the first game at the Coliseum. Yeah that series and it was 30 minutes before warm-up started and he said the building was already shaking they could feel it in the basement when they were in the locker room and that just gets me going mitch i am amped up i'm ready to roll i am leaving work early tomorrow four o'clock i am heading out going right over to tailgate and i am doing not only my good friend a favor but the islanders a favor and let me explain why i am bringing someone who has never been to a hockey game before. Their first experience is going to be an Islanders playoff game at the Coliseum. (sighs) One, my my buddy Tyler is going to fall in love with hockey. He's going to fall in love with the Islanders. And two, Isles gain another fan. Perfect. So it's a win-win for both. I love it. I love adding fans. Uh, Make sure to go to the tailgate. uh, Sorry, not just the tailgate, but MSG is having their own tailgate show, I suppose. If you can, go see Chris Weidman. I heard Chris awesome. Chris Weidman's going to go around, uh, you know, looking at people and talking to them, and uh, maybe not putting them into sleeper holds. I would hope. Well, Baldwin's own baby, not too far from me. There you go. I don't know what that means, but good job by you. <laughs> it's like two towns over. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Um, what else is going on social media wise or in the social specter? You got John Ledecky giving out tickets to to deserving kids who couldn't otherwise that was go. Awesome. So good job by them. I like that the the John Ledecky smile train is out there. Um, yes, he does. He's a very good PR guy. He knows when to be out there. He was not, you know, out in the trains, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies when things were going sour with the the, the Garcino era. But now that everything is is honky dory, and I, I obviously like that makes sense. Uh, he's out there giving out tickets and and riding the train, which which again makes sense. Why would you do that when everything is bad? That does, don't 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 go out there. Don't make it worse. Um, this is just making a situation better. So good job by them for buying hearts and minds. Something that the Islanders need to do on a national scale because everyone here loves them. They just need to do that more frequently to get more people outside of NYC to love them. Please. Very true. Because even then, like, there's a lot of people who are putting out predictions today and never even talked about the Islanders series, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that is pretty just interesting. Done. Like Pierre LeBron tweeted something. I'm sure he wrote it in his article, but he tweeted it out and didn't even mention them. You're like, all right, thanks, buddy. Just add it to the fire, baby. Just keep stoking that fire. Prove people wrong. <laughs> Prove people wrong. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, I'm I excited, it. buddy. I'm, I'm really excited for this. I, I don't sound it because again, I'm only at an eight. But tomorrow, it's, it's going up by, by two spots, and, and not even just the second I wake up. It's gonna be like tomorrow when I put my kids down and I come downstairs and I have my jersey on, and that's when it's gonna be ramped up to a twelve, baby. I, oh, I can't wait. 
I'm so excited. So with that, let's get some plugs out of here so we yeah. can get out of here and get to bed and get tomorrow coming a little bit earlier. So with that, if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to our Patreon page. Want to plug what you did today, Mitch? I spoke to Brendan Burke. So we're, we're doing this new uh, Eyes on Isles Speaks 2 series where we speak to people. Uh, anyone related to the New York Islanders. So the first one is we spoke to Alan. He was the fan who uh, shared his feelings directly to John Tavares, and John Tavares heard him. And then we today I spoke to Brendan Burke, where we talked about just what it's like to prepare for a game, what it's like to, what type of research he does, how involved is it, and just everything. How does he keep his voice so silky smooth after 82 games? Yes, so it was definitely a fun listen. You can get that and so much other content like post-game shows, like mailbag shows, and like a weekly newsletter if you subscribe to the Patreon page. There are different categories, 5 bucks a month, $2 a month, $1 a month. Head on over, check it out, and see what interests you. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Also, wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps with our searchability and allows us to make more content. We appreciate it that you can also follow along with us on social media at eyes on isles fs on twitter my personal twitter is at metal leary and why mitch's is t-l-o mitch you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash eyes on isles and make sure to download the app the eyes on isles app available for apple and android or visit the website eyes on isles.com for all your new york islanders needs mitch episode number 86 in the books the playoffs are here it's going to be fun. Playoffs. Effing right, baby. Effing right. Mm. That'll do it for episode number 86. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.